0: Today on Locked On Red Wings, Robbie Fabry is expected to make his season debut tonight, but they had to make a roster spot, and they did it by waving Jacob Vrana. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily JWWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host overall, Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And uh, lots of, lots of news and notes happened today, Scotty, uh, in the Red Wings world, uh, ahead of their game. Well, I say today, yesterday, by the time you're listening to this, ahead of their game today against the New Jersey Devils, their third matchup against the Devils. And uh, I mean, we, we got to, Begin with the biggest news of it all. Obviously, Jacob Rana being waived. Uh, that came as a, as a follow up to the fact that Robbie Fabry is going to be officially activated to play his NHL or not NHL season debut with the Red Wings uh, today against the Devils. He's going to slot in there with uh, on the Oscar Sundquist line, and it's gonna. You know, I mean. When it comes to Jacob Verana getting waved, because we have to lead off with that story, we will talk about Robbie Fabry and what to expect out of him in his first game back as a Detroit Red Wing. Like later on, I know chronologically that's not how it happened, but you know this is the biggest news. We talked yesterday at the end of the episode. We asked Andrew, like, you know, who would you like to see get sent down? I don't think, uh, I don't think, I know nobody expected Jacob Verana of all players to end up getting waived. Now we knew his conditioning stint in the AHL was expanded to extended rather to the entire two week stint. Um, but I don't think anyone would have ever thought that Jacob Vrana was going to be the player placed on waivers because of the fact that that exposes him to every single team in the NHL to get claimed. So my initial reaction, Scotty, when he got picked off wave or not picked off waivers, but placed on waivers was WTF I was beside myself. And to be honest, I was a little bit angry. Yeah. I, I mean,
1: yeah, it, we'll, 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 certainly get into the, uh, the, the on the ice, like theories about why this move could still make, you know, hockey sense or like what the angle is. Uh, but it, it, it certainly is, Unbelievably surprising that that is for sure. Like you said, I I don't think anybody was waiting for 2 p.m. to roll around and expecting the player to be the odd man out to be Jacob Verana. Um, yeah, I I think surprising is an understatement,
0: yeah. I mean, because the biggest question mark above it all, and I have two theories, and I think my one theory I said it on Twitter, you may have already seen it. I think that's probably closest to the truth, logically speaking. But obviously we don't know. We can't know because they don't tell us. they just like, hey, this guy's on waivers. But, you know, obviously you see that. You see that Robbie Fabrius slotted in the lineup instead of uh, Adam Ernie. Adam Ernie being the odd man out playing on the injured line with Bertuzzi and Zadina. I think a lot of people were led to believe that that would be who would be waived. Adam Ernie. Right. And it made a lot of sense. Now, You know, we talked yesterday and we've talked off the air and we think that, you know, of the two, I think Adam Ernie, despite his uh, uh, obvious hiccups that he's made in recent games, probably has more value to the team than Pew Suter because the team has three or four Pew Suters already, but no one has the physicality and the edge on the forward core, at least that Adam Ernie brings. He leads the team and hits by 40, but he was still a candidate to get sent down and I wouldn't have been angry, but that's not who they went with. They didn't even go with one of their three goalies. I mean, right. at some point, you're going to have to address that situation, and you have to send down or waive, at least, put on waivers, one of your three goalies because you have guys coming back, and we'll talk about Bertuzzi later, but he's he said he's about a week away. You're going to have to make that roster decision eventually. So the fact that the first decision they made was Jacob Rana is all the more surprising because the fact that there were actually in what I would have thought go leading into that decision, more obvious choices. Yeah. You, I think you hit the nail on the head there in the sense that
1: like this, this was not something they needed to do. Even if this was the direction they were going to head, this was not something that that they needed to do right now. Even if this was a belief of like, Hey, this might be what what actually is best for the roster, the way it's constructed right now. And again, we'll, we'll get into to why that that this still could all make some sense here in a second. But the 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 I don't want to say urgency, but this like the immediacy of it, like just like it, it, it happened, it happened now. Like you you were gonna we're gonna do that over like one of the three goalies or over Ernie or suitor or over one of the kids that are literally already waiver exempt. Like that's, that's, I, I don't think it's a, it's a statement per se. I don't, I genuinely don't, but uh, optically it, it is certainly bright and highlighted.
0: I mean, that's Best. for sure. It sticks out. It was an exclamation point on yeah. what was otherwise a really positive news day yeah. because of obviously the news that Robbie Fabry was, Definitely playing on Wednesday, making his season debut after his third ACL tear. That's fantastic news. But I mean, you want to get into my, my number one theory as, and again, this is my theory. This is speculation on my part, uh, but I think it has to do with the fact that this is a smart roster decision in the sense that you didn't have a roster spot available. You had to make one and Jacob Vrana just pulled, flat out isn't ready for the NHL yet and he isn't ready to make the NHL at the end of this week when his two-week conditioning stint would be up. That's He's played three AHL games. He got robbed on a goal in one, but he's been a minus five with no points thus far. So maybe the theory is that this is the smartest roster decision and that he isn't NHL ready at this moment because he has not played since October. It's, the, it's not the same as Robbie Fabry, who's been re- slowly rehabbing and getting back to game speed over the course of months. Bruno didn't touch the ice for two solid months and two solid months without playing hockey is a lot to set you back. And so maybe he isn't ready to play at the NHL level yet. And at a five and a half million cap hit with another year left on that contract, he Steve Eiserman was comfortable taking the gamble that no team's going to want to pick up a guy who's only played 39 games since getting dealt to the team, despite, you know, what has happened to make it. So he's only played 39 games is a lot of freak things, but The fact of the matter is, is he's only played 39 games. Now in those 39 games, he scored 32 points, 22 goals, fantastic production, but he's probably banking on a gamble that no team's going to want to spend five and a half million dollars this year and the next on a player who can't stay on the ice consistently and isn't ready to play at the NHL level yet, because that means that team's going to have to then try to waive him and send him down to the AHL level for him to be then exposed to other teams. That's my working theory is that Steve Eiserman wouldn't do this without probable cause, without reason to believe that he would clear. And I think that taking all those things into consideration, it actually might be a fairly smart play. Give that gives Jacob Rana all the time he needs to get back to NHL caliber and ready to score some goals yet still stay within the organization and stay within the safety net that he has created with the Red Wings organization since coming out of players' assistance? For
1: sure. I, I think the biggest point in all of this, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a, a like theory per se, but I, I think the biggest point to, to circle on this is his contract. Like the, At the end of the day, this is a, a dude who – Uh, is getting paid over five mil AAV and (laughs) uh, there's only what is it six or seven six not including us teams in the entire NHL that could roster his salary via waiver claim as it stands right now and uh, I mean once you go down the list and look at like the intricacies of, of each team like that that number might even dwindle even lower and lower based on like players you know that that are maybe expected to get paid or whatnot like i don't know man like this could be and and it's what it's 24 hour period that like they're posted like you know tomorrow we'll we'll know by by, right we'll know uh but by the time you know puck drops on wednesday night if he's gonna be with the organization still or not like it's not a it's not a long thing that we're gonna be constantly like on the edge of our seat for and uh, I, I think the the biggest thing to circle is just the contract situation. Like, this is not something where, like, all 32 teams are going to, oh, like, he you know, all 32 teams now get the ability to get Jacob Verona. Like, no, his contract's too big. Like, that's not true. It's, like, six. And uh, also, like, a lot of those six teams are not very good. That's why they're at the top of the waiver list. So, like, what's the point uh, of – The ducks bringing in like Verona for five whatever mil, and then
0: potentially ruin your opportunity to get Connor Bedard, right? It's right, like well, yeah, it's like obviously that they just
1: want to tank, and like there's teams that are just trying to be bad this year because of Bedard for sure, but even more so, like you're, I don't know, that conversation with ownership's a little weird. Like, yeah, we're gonna bring in, we're gonna bring in somebody for like five plus million dollars. It's not really you know like i I don't know like that's just uh all around just the the optics of one of those like tanking teams yeah i guess that is the point like you said just like hey we're we're still trying to tank and trying to get this guy but we're gonna bring in somebody who who's worth over five mil uh, you know a year there's a lot like there's so many different possibilities now with this like some people are throwing out there like, oh, this means that like a trade could be in the worst. Like, well, there's like a million different running theories. And, you know, we won't know until he's officially cleared or claimed. But for now, it's just, I, I think that Eiserman's kind of just looking at the contract and going, you know, uh, one of you guys prove to me, one of you six teams that has the ability to, why don't one of y'all prove to me that you actually are going to take on that money uh and if you're not then we'll keep him and bring him back up in you know hopefully a few weeks but weeks month whatever uh when when he's actually uh re- ready i guess
0: yeah absolutely and i want to respond to that too with my own thoughts but first i got to talk to the people today About BetOnline, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football, college bowl season, basketball, and the World Junior Championship. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get all your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. You bring up some really good points about what teams could possibly claim him. And, you know, like you said, if you're the Anaheim Ducks, if you're the San Jose Sharks, who can't afford him anyways. But, you know, Montreal Canadiens, Chicago Blackhawks, one of those bottom theater teams this year. And you look at Jacob Ron and you go, okay, we have the cap space. Let's bring him in. He's not ready to play at the NHL level at this moment. So what are you bringing him in to do? He's got one more year left on this contract. Do you think he can be a long-term solution for your hockey team? Well, so far, he hasn't proven that he can be that player. So I doubt NHL GMs are going to want to take him on in that capacity. Well, the other solution then is teams that aren't trying to tank, that could use a player like that now as soon as he's available, you know, give it another month, whatever, there's not that many teams that have the cap space available to do that and are willing and capable of waiting a month for him to be ready. And what are you going to do to make him ready? Just have him practice day in and day out because he has to be on your NHL roster. Right. I think the, like people have said it on Twitter, and I agree, the Buffalo Sabres might be the only team that it makes sense for because they're a really young team that is taking that step forward this year that has the cap space available and has the ability to wait for him to be ready. That's the only team that's out there that could possibly do it. And even then I still think it's a slim chance. I think that it makes sense that he, I think what Iserman does, I understand it. I still don't like taking the risk exposing him because when he's healthy, he is an incredible goal scorer, but I understand the kind of like making, trying to make the other NHL teams, you know, call their bluff that they're not going to call, you know, try and uh, uh, get this kind of guy especially when he does need more time to get ready. And you have guys who are closer to being ready than he is at the moment. My other working theory is, or was that maybe the bridge is burned and maybe 39 NHL games since being traded in a big, huge trade. Steve Eiserman's just said, I've had enough. I don't care if we lose him at this point, but I, I think that's a very cold reality. And I understand that this is NHL is a business. And at the end you're in this to win games. Um, So I don't think it's incredibly improbable that that bridge with Vrana is burned and that they're tired of being patient and waiting for him to become that 40 goal scorer. But I would be incredibly shocked if that was the reasoning. But I mean, it is, it is a possibility that is out there.
1: Yeah. I mean, like anything's possible, right? Like, and, and that's the, the thing about this situation is just there's so much, just with like him as an individual player, obviously this entire season, there's been so much that rightfully so has been very held very close to the chest. And uh, that's, that's fine. And that's, you know, his right. And that's the organization's right. And then there's nothing wrong with any of that at all. Uh, but, but then when something like this happens, everybody is just going to start speculating like crazy. And then there's going to be a million theories. And like, people are looking at his, social media now and are like, Oh look, like there's no, like there's no affiliation to the Red Wings and it's Instagram now. And that means he's gone and he hates us. And it's like, there's just a, like, it's such a spiral. You know what I mean? Like it, it's such, we'll, we'll know. We'll know by puck drop tomorrow. We all like, we'll, we'll know by puck drop tomorrow, whether he's still with the organization or not. Like that's I hope pretty he, much all there is to it.
0: And for the record, I obviously hope he is. And I hope that it, Maybe, you know, we said it when he came back originally, like when he came out of player's isn't that he's back, but it could still take a while before he's on the ice in the Red Wings uniform again. Uh The timeline we thought got a little bit sped up when he got out of the contact jersey. and he started practicing with the team at full speed. So we were like, okay, well maybe it's sooner rather than later, but it did turn out that it is potentially later. I hope he stays clears waivers, goes on the Griffins, gets his game back in his back um, because I, I'm, perfectly happy waiting and being patient on a guy who is as talented as Jacob Rana yeah. become the difference maker on this team.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the best goal scores in the organization when he's on the ice
0: without a doubt. <laughs> um, But let's transition. Now talk about the fact that Robbie Fabry has uh, cracked the, cracked the lineup. He, he immediately is going to be slotted in. Adam Ernie is out. He's going to be playing on that line with Oscar Sun. Cause I'm trying to find, the other person he will be on that line with. Sorry if I'm making you guys wait too long here. He's a hockey um, player. He's a hockey player because I'm I'm looking at Max's, but he who did I see it from? Ansar Khan. that's who I saw it with. He's a hockey player. Um, <laughs> see, and they quote quote retweet themselves all the time. He will be Fabry, Suter, and Sunquist will be the fourth line in the game. So he slots down on the fourth line. I think that's a good place to have him start. In his first NHL game, I mean ex- expectations wise, you know, coming off his third ACL tear, third ACL repair surgery, um, what are we expecting from the guy who probably is at his peak, middle six forward? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm pumped.
1: I'm, I'm pumped that that he's going to be in the mix and that he's back. Uh, they, they said that he might get some second unit uh, power play. I think it was power play. Not yeah, power play. play. Yeah, second unit power play minutes two which is fine that works for me look I mean I I think this is uh, another one where like I I don't think we're gonna get like peak 2021 Robbie Fabry off rip but uh we'll we'll see how many minutes he gets at the beginning and uh you know I I don't know ease into it I don't know if that's the right word but yeah Uh, I'm glad he's back for real like that that's obviously he's overcome a lot of just leg injuries specifically just over <laughs> and over and over again, it seems like. So I'm glad he's back, uh, you know, with the contract extension right before last year, that was obviously really tough t- timing for all parties involved. So I'm just hoping that uh, he returns to form, I guess we'll say quicker rather than later, well, sooner he, rather than
0: later, you know, and he earned that three-year extension. And for the fact that the fact that he in, in a team at that time that was not, um, like having anyone under long term contracts, the fact that Robbie Fabry earned a three year contract extension I thought spoke volumes about what Steve Eisman thought he brought to the organization. Like, this is a guy who is who was expected to be playing with the team well into their more competitive years. Now, I don't know if beyond that, I don't know if he would have been playing with the Red Wings in their peak Stanley Cup competitor window years, but they, Steve Heisman thought he was a supporting piece in what they were building. And, you know, up until that point, he had 30 points in 56 games played, so he was averaging over a half point per game, so he was averaging to be about a 50-point guy for the Red Wings, and that would have been a phenomenal step forward in Robbie Fabry's uh play and i just hope that he can reclaim that and hopefully not have lost too much of a step speed wise after his third knee injury because you know defensively he leaves something to be uh you know something to be desired but offensively as a winger he can he can score man
1: absolutely i mean i like that they're putting him on the on the power play too. the second unit for the power play as well for that same reason i mean this is for a team last year that was so inconsistent offensively and really at points was just like if you stop the the well, I guess it, it was it was stop the top line, then it was stop you know the Guelph line, and that it was like if you stop the top six, you're not going to give up points. And uh, just for for as he added a little bit of offensive consistency to a team that really lacked it last season. So,
0: I mean, he was on pace to add a. He was on pace, one goal off, actually, his career high in goals that he acquired in his rookie season. Um, His career has been 18 goals, and he got 18 goals in 72 games in his rookie season, the longest season he's played in his entire career in 2015, 2016. And then in 56 games last year before tearing his ACL, he had 17 goals. So he was going to crush his goal total, and he was going to crush his point total because he had 37 points in 72 games his rookie season. He had 30 in 56 last year. So, I mean, Robbie Fabry had, like I said, absolutely earned that contract extension and, and was poising himself to be a fantastic middle six forward who could score at a pretty decent clip. Yeah. Now, if he slots down, maybe he's third line top now with all the added talent the Red Wings had, that's still fine. If he can still bring. It's a good problem to have. If he can still score like 30 to 40 points on that bottom two lines, that's still incredible value out of Robbie Fabry, I'd be more than happy to have that kind of value. I mean, obviously you paid him to score the middle six, but you know, you've added so much depth. So, and and when we come back, we'll talk about this game against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, We'll break down or preview rather this third matchup against them, as well as, you know, maybe, maybe riff a little bit about the fact that Bertuzzi is going to be back probably within a week. There's so much to break down in this episode of lockdown, right? so stay tuned. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, Scotty, yeah, the Red Wings played the New Jersey Devils tonight. Robbie Fabry, like we said, it's his uh, season debut. I keep wanting to say NHL debut. Uh, This is not the same New Jersey Devils team that we have seen and had seen last time the Red Wings played them and got absolutely smoked. What was it, 6-2 to by the Devils? They went on an incredible tear. They won like, what was it, like 12, 13 games straight, something insane, maybe even longer than that, but then they went on a huge seven-game losing streak, and they've lost, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of their last 11 games. They've lost nine of their last 11 games. So they are a team that is struggling right now to get in the win column, but They are still a team that is consistently putting up an incredible amount of expected goals a game. So they've kind of fallen back to where they were before their incredible win streak, where they're still playing really well at even strength, but they're just not finding the back of the net. And if you're the Red Wings trying to build some momentum back after your own, what, five-game loser streak, six-game loser streak, I mean, this is a team you want to take advantage of.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, this is, no matter... Honestly, I don't care how good the wings have been lately or how bad Buffalo's been lately. Like, this is just a team that you should probably beat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know if it, it needs to even be like a look at the past, like look at the recent games, look at the seasons. Like, just like kind of objectively, this should be a game that you should go in and feel like you are the better team and you have the ability to win in. So, um.
0: This yeah, is a game where you feel like you have somebody to prove.
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, look, and I understand. Uh, I realized I just said Buffalo, and I 100% meant New Jersey. We
0: knew what you were talking about. <laughs>
1: um, But the – like we talked about it at the beginning of the season too, like this is a, a weird season for New Jersey, and like they got off to the incredibly hot start, and then like you said, they've cooled down, and – when we played them, what was it like the second or third game of the year?
0: Yeah, and we killed them because their goaltending was bad.
1: Right, but like they like outplayed us. Oh, like it was one of those weird games where like they they pretty clearly were the better team on the ice, but we won the game because their goaltending was horrible. And then so it, it, it and then the last time we played them, like you said, we got you know punched in the mouth. So it's just like this this weird season, but. Like, I I don't care. Like, I, I don't care about, like, the hot start or, like, lately. Like, going into the season, no one thought this Devils team was good. And you should be able to go into this game with your head held high and thinking, like, we have a better roster than the Devils. And I think that water is starting to find its level over the last month, and I think that that kind of proof is in the pudding there.
0: Well, like I like I said though, they are still a very consistent team offensively. They're just struggling to find the back of the net for whatever reason. They have the second most shot attempts in the league, just behind the Carolina Hurricanes. That was the last time we played them. Yeah, they have the what sixth least amount of shot attempts against, and that makes up for the second best Corsi four percentage at even strength in the league at fifty six oh seven. They have the best expected goals for percentage or expected goals for rather in the league at ninety two. And then their expected goals against is sixth best for their total of second best expected goals for percentage at five on five. They are a lethal team at five on five, but for some reason, they're not even, they're just not finding the back of the net. They've been snake bitten because, and you can't even say, oh, it's quality, it's quantity over quality because they lead the league in expected goals for. That means that they're taking quality shots. It's just not going in. Right. So they're just running into hot goalies or something. The Jersey Devils are a really dangerous team still. They're just snake bitten right now, and the Red Wings have got to take advantage of that.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. And and uh, the, one of the other like big things that stands out for this team is the is when looking at the special teams, the five on five, like all of that those metrics were r- really good when they were rolling, and like are still really good, like you mentioned, even with the losing streak that they find themselves on. But uh, the the power play is like towards the bottom of the NHL, and like that's something again that like the wings hopefully can can take advantage of i guess take advantage by not allowing goals on the power play but this is a a special teams unit that in a season that has seen really high peaks and and now i guess lately for new jersey really low valleys uh the, the the power play is something that they've struggled with and so having the ability to potentially outplay them on special teams is again like that plays right into your forte, your strategy, your whole thing. Really, this year has been like, oh, we're struggling on the five on five, but we're going to beat you on the rush and on the power play. Don't, don't, you know, have a good penalty kill, have a good power play, go
0: out there and win a hockey game. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I really think that if you were to break this down in the simplest of terms, Scotty, their biggest issue, just again, is goaltending. It's exactly like how the Red yep. Wings won that game at the early at the start of the season because their power play is one of the best in the league. Um, or, sorry, their power play is down there as one of the worst in the league. But their power, power penalty kill, rather, is up there as one of the best in the league. Right. So it's like they're shooting the puck, they're preventing shots against, and on the penalty kill, they're doing a good job of stopping the opponent from getting shots against. So then the only thing left is you got to look at their goaltending. And yeah, they're not that great. Mackenzie Blackwood, who's been getting the bulk of the starts, is in goals saved above expected of negative 0.42. Uh Vanacek has been very good for them in his limited playing time, as has um, oh, I sorry, I have that backwards. Mackenzie Blackwood hasn't been getting the bulk of the start. Vanacek has a expect goal saved above expected of 2.4. So I honestly don't know. I don't know why they're losing games. Cause if you look at the recent statistics, if you look at the recent t- score totals, it's been lost five to four, win four to two, lost three to one, lost four to three, lo- uh win four to two, lost four to one, lost four to two, lost two to one, lost four to one. They, a lot of a, lot of, a lot of fours and fives and sixes in those losses. So they've been allowing goals despite not letting a ton of shots up, not letting a ton of shots, uh, quality shots against. And also, their goaltending's been good in Vanek. So I don't know if those are all Mackenzie Blackwood games. You wouldn't give him seven consecutive starts for losses, but I genuinely don't know how New Jersey's losing these hockey games because, by all accounts, they're playing great. They're just snake bitten right now. I they, that's all I can think of is that they're snake bitten because I can't what? find anything. I can't find a hole besides their power play is not very good. But their power play is not the reason why they're giving up four goals a game. Let's go put up four. I'm I'm for it. I'm just baffled. That's all. Did you I'm just say baffled I'm
1: for it. Was that intentional?
0: Oh, hey. I wasn't. If it was on
1: purpose. I hate you.
0: No, it wasn't. I that okay, wasn't
1: intentional. That's fine then.
0: I'm all for it. That time was intentional. <laughs> so dumb. I I just I don't get this. Dude, Devils team, man, I don't get it. Um. Anyways, the over under set to six and a half.
1: I'll take the over.
0: I'm gonna take the over as well. Um, don't do the over with the Red Wings that often, but that, this Devils team, there's something w- weird going on. It must be some kind of analytics that I don't know of that is screaming to me that this team is you know why this team's not failing. Fine. I do not know all analytics. I barely know the analytics I do know. I put on a front for the listeners. Um, but yeah, there we go. That's it. I think I've said my piece.
1: Okay, same. Is that how we usually
0: know. end shows? I think so. Any final thoughts? <laughs> Any final thoughts? Did you say that? Yeah.
1: Oh, I totally did not hear that at all. I was waiting for you to like wrap it up and then ask me if I had any final thoughts. Well, do you? Um We ball. Pray we for Demar Hamlin and we ball.
0: Yes, absolutely. That was awful what happened. Yeah. So, we will absolutely continue to pray for Demar Hamlin. His foundations
1: and- like over 3 million dollars raised, so you can do something That's- there too.
0: That's one of the small silver linings out of what has come out of this is hopefully if he does – no, when he does regain consciousness, we won't say if, when, uh, he'll wake up to a smile on his face saying that his his charity, his fund has absolutely smashed it for people supporting him, which is great. Very cool. Um, Anyway, we will be back tomorrow with a post-game recap. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.